This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Leaders of the G7 held a crisis meeting after two Russian-made missiles hit Poland. The Kremlin denied responsibility for what would be the first Russian strike on a NATO country. Ukraine also operates Russian-made missile systems. The rockets hit a grain store in Przewodów, near the border with Ukraine, killing two. The Polish government called the incident a, quote, one-off, possibly implying it was the result of a wonky trajectory rather than a deliberate targeting. But Poland may still convene a meeting of fellow NATO members who, under Article 5, treat an attack on one member as an attack on all. Donald Trump announced that he would run for the American presidency again in 2024. In a speech at his Mar-a-Lago home in Florida, Mr. Trump said that America had been, quote, brought to its knees by Joe Biden. He again repeated his lie that the election in 2020 had been stolen from him, only this time with a twist. China had interfered on the president's behalf, he said. After many of his chosen candidates crashed and burned at last week's midterm elections, some senior Republicans had counseled Mr. Trump against announcing another presidential run. Russian long-range missiles struck targets across Ukraine, including Kyiv, the capital, damaging more crucial energy infrastructure. At least half of the city is without electricity, according to the city's mayor, Vitaly Klitschko. Elsewhere, the Russian army withdrew further from towns on the eastern side of the Dnieper River. Opposite the city of Kherson, the southern provincial capital, it abandoned last week. Kevin McCarthy won the Republican Party's nomination for Speaker of America's House of Representatives, beating Andy Biggs, a devotee of Donald Trump, by 188 to 31. The Republicans look likely to wrest control of the House from the Democrats, albeit with a slim majority and deep internal schisms. Despite losses in key races, the hardline bloc is large enough to stop Mr. McCarthy reaching the 218 votes he needs to officially become Speaker in a housewide contest in January. G20 countries announced a $20 billion fund to help Indonesia use less coal. In return, Indonesia promised that its power sector CO2 emissions will peak at 290 million tons by 2030, seven years earlier than previously forecast. The package of grants and concessional loans from public and private sources is modeled on an $8.5 billion deal struck with South Africa last year. Walmart, a jumbo American supermarket chain, reported strong third-quarter revenues of $153 billion, a rise of 8.7 percent compared with the same period last year. The company's stocks rose by more than 7 percent. The firm also agreed to pay $3.1 billion to American states and cities, which accused the retailer of contributing to the opioid crisis by failing to regulate prescriptions, although it has not admitted liability. Allah Abd el-Fattah, Egypt's most high-profile political prisoner, ended the hunger strike he started in April, according to his family. Mr. Abd el-Fattah, a British-Egyptian activist who protested against the Egyptian government, began refusing water on November 6th to coincide with the COP27 summit. His case has drawn attention to Egypt's human rights record, with campaigners, celebrities, and world leaders calling for his release. And fact of the day. 6,000. About the number of populated islands that make up Indonesia, Southeast Asia's largest economy. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead.
China changes direction. Declining economic growth has finally crossed a pain threshold for China's leaders. For over two and a half years, policymakers have been cracking down on the spread of COVID-19 and runaway property sector debt with dire effects. Now they have announced some big changes. Quarantine times for inbound travelers and close contacts of those testing positive for COVID have been reduced, and bank loans to property developers due to be repaid within the next six months can now be extended. The plans, in theory, will get people spending more money and developers building more homes. But big questions remain. Loosened COVID restrictions could lead to widespread outbreaks. In cities such as Guangzhou, cases are already rising rapidly. It is unclear yet how authorities will deal with this. Easing in the property sector will stop defaults, but this does not guarantee people will buy new homes in droves. A boost to economic growth could be a way off. Vladimir Putin's ghost at the G20. Russia's president stayed away from the G20 summit, yet haunts the gathering in Bali. His war in Ukraine has aggravated the many problems, from inflation to the food crisis, the group is grappling with. It also makes reaching agreements harder. There will probably be no family photo because many Western leaders refuse to be pictured next to Mr. Putin's stand-in, Sergei Lavrov, Russia's foreign minister. As with other recent G20 events, there may be no final communique since Russia objects to Western efforts to have leaders denounce the invasion and its repercussions. A draft text declaring that quote most member countries strongly condemned the war, while acknowledging differences in quote national positions, is under negotiation. Many countries feel they are paying for a conflict that does not concern them. Quote, "If the war does not end, it will be difficult for the world to move forward," said the summit's host, President Joko Widodo of Indonesia. Mr. Putin's reply: "The largest yet large volley of missiles aimed at crippling Ukraine's power grid." America's respect for marriage act. When America's Supreme Court overhauled the right to abortion, it also raised the specter of curtailing other liberties. In agreeing with the decision, a conservative justice, Clarence Thomas, wrote that the court quote, should reconsider rulings protecting same-sex marriage and access to contraception too. On Wednesday, Congress is expected to pass a law codifying same-sex and interracial marriage, both of which are legal because of Supreme Court rulings rather than federal legislation. The Respect for Marriage Act has been kicking around for a decade, but was revived in July. It would repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, passed by a Republican-controlled Congress in 1996, which allowed states to ban gay marriage, but was later defanged by two Supreme Court decisions. Few state Republicans publicly support the bill, but Democrats say they have enough votes to ensure it will pass, and it received 47 votes from House Republicans in July. With more than 70% of Americans telling pollsters they support gay marriage, protecting it is popular. NASA prepares for takeoff again. On Wednesday, NASA, America's space agency, will attempt once again to launch its space launch system rocket. The unscrewed SLS was originally scheduled to fly in 2016. The rocket presently standing on the pad was assembled in 2021, but its launch has been repeatedly delayed, twice because of problems with its engines. More recently, the rocket was left out during Hurricane Nicole on November 10th, though NASA's engineers reckon no significant damage was done.
but even a successful launch is unlikely to quiet critics. Built using recycled parts of the space shuttle and as much a job creation program as anything else, the SLS has cost $23 billion to develop. Estimates for a single unscrewed launch touch $2 billion at least. It has competition, too. SpaceX, a private firm, is building a similar rocket called Starship and is aiming for launch costs of just 1% of that. In theory, as part of NASA's Artemis program, the SLS will return American astronauts to the moon in 2025. Almost no one thinks that deadline will be met. Maradona's Hand of God Ball at Auction the football Diego Maradona punched into the goal with his fist in the 1986 World Cup quarter-final match between Argentina and England goes on sale in London on Wednesday. Maradona later said the, quote, hand of God had intervened. A few minutes later, the Argentines scored what became known as the, quote, goal of the century, arguably the greatest solo run in the history of the sport. It cemented Maradona's reputation as a sporting god. The sale will make Ali Ben Nasser, the Tunisian who refereed the match but did not see the handball, a rich man. The estimate for the now rather deflated ball at auction is around three million pounds, or $3.5 million. The number 10 jersey Maradona wore that day and swapped after the game with England's midfielder Steve Hodge sold for 7.1 million pounds in May. The World Cup, which kicks off in Qatar on Sunday, could fuel interest from bidders. Mr. Nasser's timing may be immaculate. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which American retail chain was founded in 1923 by a Mr. Pressman? Tuesday. Berkshire, Hampshire, and Duroc are all breeds of what animal? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Aniron Bevan, who was born on this day in 1897. Freedom is the byproduct of economic surplus. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.